This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Nicola McLeod, and I have a question for you. Do you have a family doctor? No, I don't. Have you tried to get one? Yes, I'm on the wait list. How many years would you say? Over 15. I've been, I've been living on the island for over 20 years. I had one, and that was it after that. You had a doctor, and they left. You went back on the registry, and now you're still there. Still there. I tried everything. Went to a clinic. This is say, go back on the list. Frustrating. I applied for a PA health card. I just got it recently, but I don't know if I've got a family doctor yet. I don't think so. About two weeks ago, I got sick. I didn't know if I could go to a doctor or something. I think it's very important. I had a wonderful family doctor. Watching her decide to leave to become a hospitalist was painful. Are you on the patient registry? I am. I've, this is my third time on the patient registry since moving here in 2007. I was a student, and so I could use the UPI Health Center, but that's coming to an end, and so Maple, walk-in clinics. Are you still trying to get a family doctor? Oh, absolutely, but I don't really know beyond what we've already done what I could do. No, I don't think I'll get one for how long I'm going to be here for, because it's 15 years, and I think a lot of people will be going back home if they come here to live. I don't think, I don't see why people would stay. So do you think having a doctor will influence your decision of whether or not to stay here? Yeah. Those are some islanders I caught up with in downtown Charlottetown. And they are certainly not alone in not having a primary care provider like a doctor or a nurse practitioner. As of the start of 2024, PEI's waitlist is sitting at over 36,000 people. And if that number seems high, it's because it's about 20% of PEI's population. So for our first episode of Good Question PEI, we are answering, how do you get a family doctor? It was through Dr. Cook. He, he left the place where he was at, then she came along. And she's a nurse practitioner? Yeah, and she gets you right in and does everything for you. It's great. <laughs> I've had my family doctor since I was born. Well, he passed, and then the person who took over, yes, I'm still with the same one. So you're on your second doctor, but in the same practice? Yes. Yes. I'm on my third family doctor. I was fortunate that every time somebody left or retired, I received a new doctor. The doctor that we had quit practice, and I heard that someone else was moving to town, and I called and got in that way. So you weren't on the patient registry. You just phoned up and, and got taken on by a new doctor. Right. But that was many years ago. My wife had one, and he was kind enough to take me on with her. Do you know of anyone who's tried any, like, creative methods to try to get a family doctor? Ooh, well, my boyfriend at the time, he ended up coming with me to one of my doctor's appointments and asked my doctor if she would take him on as a patient, like, through me, and he ended up getting a family doctor that way. Do you have a primary care provider? I do, yes. Do you think being born here and having grown up here makes a difference in terms of having a doctor or primary care provider in 2024? Yeah, definitely, especially since I like just kind of lucked out into having one since my parents, who also are from here, like grew up here. So being born on the island is definitely one way to get a doctor, but obviously not everybody is in that situation. StatsCan actually tracks the percentage of Canadians that have a regular healthcare provider. And 2022 numbers put PEI in last place. My colleague Carrie put the numbers into a chart and he sent it off to me. I opened it and I actually grimaced and went, ugh. 
every other province is gradually on the up, and PEI's line has been steadily falling since 2016. Part of the problem is that our population is growing and breaking records as more and more people move to PEI. And the number of doctors at the same time is going down. So why is that? What changed? I knew Dr. Jason Chan would be a good person to ask. He's a family doc in Charlottetown, and he's also a columnist on our morning show here at CBC. So he swung by the studio in his scrubs on the way to the clinic. Burnout is a big one. Uh, COVID really uh, like put a nail in the coffin there for a lot of uh, my colleagues. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the COVID itself wasn't the start of it. I think this is an issue that has been ongoing for many, many years, but COVID just sort of took a bunch of people over the edge uh, and, uh, you know, they, they burnt out and they left. Jason says another thing is that younger doctors like him who have a family, young kids, kids in sports, you know the drill, they aren't prepared to work the grueling hours and take on the huge caseloads that maybe the older doctors before them were willing to do. Just like the rest of us, these doctors are trying to find work-life balance. Jason already has 1,600 patients, but what's it like to be a family doctor at a time when it seems like everyone is clamoring to get one? Uh, it can have its challenges. Uh, I get a lot of requests on a regular basis uh, from families or uh, friends of uh, current patients who are looking for a family doctor. And uh, unfortunately, I uh, routinely have to say no to them because my practice is full. And uh, I think that's the case for most practices on the island. Many Islanders remember a time maybe a decade ago when you mm -hmm. could just call up a doctor and say, hi, do you have room? Can I come be your patient? Is it like that now? I'm not sure if it was even like that 10 years ago. <laughs> um, 10 years ago, of course, uh, I was brand new. I had just finished residency. So uh, like I was still filling up my practice then, but it really didn't take uh, that long to fill up. And then now, of course, I mean, I'm filled to the gills. Uh, uh, apparently, the literature for what a healthy practice size is, is 800 patients. Um, and as mentioned earlier, I have about 1,600 and the number's only getting worse, of course, right? Uh, um, patients having babies and the babies growing up and stuff, uh, and they, that adds to the practice as well, too. How often would you say people reach out to you wanting to be taken on as a patient? Honestly, like twice a day. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, uh, I mean, when you're on the other side, though, can you really blame them? You know, like they're just trying to look after themselves and stuff. Uh, um, so they they tug at my heartstrings a lot, uh, and I feel bad for saying no. Um, but um, the other side of it, I think, is that I have a responsibility to my 1,600 patients, and I have to make sure that I'm accessible to them as well too, right? So I think if uh, we started saying yes to every single person who asks, uh, eventually our wait times are going to be three weeks, four weeks to see me for a respiratory infection. And if you're waiting that long, then what's the point? 
Yes. How important is it to you to be a family doctor that your patients can actually get in to see you when they need to be seen? Oh, uh, it's uh, absolutely critical. I think uh, being a family doctor or a primary care provider, you're the first line of defense. And the longer that patients have to wait, the chances are they're going to get sicker and sicker and eventually end up in the eMERGE or end up ultimately using more medical resources in our community. So if there's an opportunity for us as primary care providers to nip it in the bud and just take care of things when the problem is still small, then, you know, we've done our community a great service. So access is very important. What are some of the most extreme things people have done to try to get your attention to be taken on as a patient? Oh, I'm sure all sorts of things uh, without going into specifics. I mean, like people will try to uh, bring in gifts or uh, show me photos of their families or uh, describe the medical conditions that the person wanting to get into practice has. uh, And sort of two ways around that, either they describe them as being very healthy and not a lot of work or the opposite where they're very sick and they really need a family doctor. So I think anything goes. So when you have room on your list, where do you get new patients from? Um, Registry is one source. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, sometimes patients will ask me and if I ever do have room, which I haven't in a long time, but uh, um, that could be another source as well, too. So that Mm -hmm. does still happen sometimes. I think having the connection is probably helpful because it makes sense, I think, for an entire family to be treated by the same doctor. Not that, you know, it's absolutely critical, but it just kind of makes sense from an organizational point of view. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, if the patient is on good terms with the doctors, then the patient uh, can vouch for this individual who uh, is looking to get into the practice too. So what advice would you have for someone if they are trying to get a family doctor? What should they do? Well, um, no brainer would be to put your name in for the registry. uh, uh, And I think you know, trying to get a doctor, if I was to put myself in that perspective, my advice would be be tenacious. I mean, you got to look after yourself, right? Uh, and so when patients ask me if I can join their practice, uh, you know, I, I, I never I never look at that as a bad thing. You know, like they're just trying to look after themselves and they're trying to get the care that they need. Um, but um, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, 30,000 people on the waiting list, uh, we, we just need more doctors, I think, we need more, more health providers. Um, and I know that doesn't solve the immediate issue of, well, how do I get a family doctor? But, uh, I mean, um, the population is growing and we have to adapt with it too. So there has to be plans made to accommodate the growing population. We need more doctors, definitely. Uh, Like talk to your MLAs, talk to people who make decisions about these sorts of things. There are probably a lot of doctors that would like to come and work here. But, uh, you know, we just have to provide the opportunities and the infrastructure for them to be able to work here. So what Dr. Chan is talking about there is the way that doctors are hired on PEI. Right now, there are two big roadblocks. One is that there is a certain number of doctors assigned to each part of the island. And then there's also a committee that has to meet and approve the hiring of each new doctor. Health PEI's former CEO, Dr. Michael Gardam, said both of those things really held up or blocked the hiring of doctors that he needed. 
the government actually did introduce legislation to get rid of both the committee and that complement about a year and a half ago. They later pulled the bill off the table after there was pushback, which Gardam blamed on fear-mongering and political misinformation. So both of those policies are still in effect right now. So to recap, how do you get a family doctor? Gifts probably will not work. Phoning around is usually a dead end when practices are already full, but tenacity and advocating for yourself and your family could prove successful. And then there's the patient registry. It's Andrew McDougall, Executive Director, Community Health and Seniors Care. Health PEI, Andrew and his team, managed that list of 36,000 people looking for a doctor. And there's really no debate around this part. Everyone agrees that number, 36,000 people, it's too big. Not ideal, and it, it's certainly grown notably in the last couple of years. I mean, it's not, that's not a secret whatsoever. We've had a lot of factors behind that, but we've had exponential population growth, as, as everyone knows. But uh, we've actually been able to pull from the registry over the, over the past year. But it's, it's not yet at a point where it's compensating for population growth. It's, it's not uh, offsetting yet, but we're, we're doing our darndest, and we'll get ahead of this. How long you wait on that registry really varies, too. Andrew says it can be anywhere from a year to two years, some wait closer to five, and I've met some people who swear they've been on that list closer to 10 years. Some of that comes down to where you are willing to travel to see your primary care provider. If you pull up the patient registry right now, there are about 21,000 people in Queens County waiting to get a doctor. But if you look at Eastern Kings County, It's just 545 people. Now, one misconception about the registry is that it's based on how badly you need to see a doctor. And Health PEI says that's not true. It's first come, first serve. So it will eventually be your turn to get a doctor. And Andrew hopes seeing the high number ahead of you will not dissuade you from putting your name on that list. Well, it it, it matters. I think sometimes, uh, you know, there perhaps a perception that what's maybe what's the point of, uh, of going on the register? I'm, I'm going to languish there forever, type of thing. And and, that, and that's not the case. But uh, but we know there's been lots of people that have been on there for a long period of time. So it's important that we maintain that registry. And I think there's a belief that maybe there's separate lists uh, that maybe maintain in different practices, and, and that, that's you know that's not uh, not accurate either. So. It's important. The registry is an important function that we're using right now. We, we hope to not need it in the future, but at this point, that's the way that works. Uh, so, you know, we take more or less a first-come, first-served basis uh, based on the geographic region, and several other provinces do the, do the same thing. It's actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. You can look at that many different ways, and we're actually actively looking at our policy right now in terms of how we pull people off the registry. You know, do we, do we continue to do with that approach, or do we look at other factors based on people's... Uh, maybe unique levels of health requirements that they've had over the past period of time or different maybe disease groups. It, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky that way. We really know how stressful this is for people that feel that, that they're out there alone, but they're not alone. There, there's, again, you know, if you look up access to care PEI, call the patient navigators, call 811. You can put your name on the registry through the PEI government's website. The registration form is under the health tab, And PEI also offers free virtual care through Maple 
for people who are waiting on that list. But that's not a long-term solution. Health PEI has put those eggs in the basket of boosting recruitment and starting medical homes and neighborhoods. Those are practices that have a doctor, but it's tailored around the idea that maybe not everyone needs to see a doctor right away. You might first see a nurse practitioner. People wanting to talk about their mental health could start with a social worker. If you have joint pain, they may send you to see the physiotherapist. And if you have an upset stomach, maybe you talk to the dietitian. The province has five of those hubs up and running right now, and it hopes to add more, but it is completely voluntary for a doctor and for staff to join one. Hey, Dr. Chan, do you practice out of a medical home? Uh, I don't, uh, but uh, only because I think my access is quite good. Uh, I, I'm quite meticulous about the way that I run my practice, and I'm able to provide people with comprehensive care in a timely manner. Um, so the necessity for me to enter a medical home at this time just isn't there. So that basically, you know, why fix something that isn't broken, right? Um, so uh, things are working out well now. I'll stay doing this for the next little while, I think. Health PEI says it is confident that more and more doctors will see the benefit of that model and want to get on board over time. But with a population that's growing exponentially, difficulty hiring doctors, and more and more of them leaving their practices, one thing is clear. Getting a family doctor on PEI is going to be hard for a long time. That is it for our first episode of Good Question PEI. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next Wednesday to dive into another question. If you have burning questions about PEI or, you know, even lukewarm ones, we want to hear them. You can email us at goodquestionpei at cbc.ca or leave a message on our talkback line. That's one 800 680 1898. For Good Question PEI, I'm Nicola McLeod. See ya! For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.